It's been a busy couple of weeks in the Middle East. Yeah, I know, when isn't it, eh? But this one could also prove decisive. The leaders of the two most powerful countries on Earth were in the hood, with each of them, of course, trying to pursue their own interests. Biden and Putin didn't meet, of course, but why were these two leaders here? And how will the outcome of their visits impact the region? Hello everyone, I'm Sami Zaydan and welcome to the Essential Middle East podcast. Let's get into the nitty-gritty of these two visits with our guest. Mahjoub. Hello, my name is Mahjoub Zwayri. I'm professor and the director of Gulf Study Center at Qatar University, joining you from Amman, Jordan. Hey, good to have you with us. All right, Professor, so the fact that these two leaders were visiting the same region, that's a big deal, right? Absolutely, Sami. I mean, it's obvious that both leaders are looking at the region as important for their own politics and for their own interests. Biden, who was not really looking at the region as the core of his foreign policy, he had to come to the region and actually spend a few days here and basically changed his foreign policy 180 degrees comparing with what he used to say when he came to the White House. And Putin, basically, as well, he's looking at the region as a center for his foreign policy and to have it as a card so he can play whenever he's needing such a card. And I'm trying to remember a time in the past when we've had the leaders of two superpowers in the MENA region at the same time, and I'm struggling, frankly. To be honest, Sami, personally, I don't consider Russia as a superpower. I do consider Russia as a regional superpower rather than global superpower. Of course, it has, you know, the tools being a permanent member of the Security Council. But again, I cannot compare Russia with China economically as well. So we are talking about the United States, the superpower of the world, who is basically number one when it comes to the economy, to the military, to technology to the network internationally, and to Russia that trying to find space in the world after the collapse of the Union. So there is imbalance of power, basically, between the two players. However, we cannot deny that, you know, Russia is still a heavyweight player. All right. Well, we knew Biden was planning to come to the region for a while, didn't we? But Putin's visit seemed a bit of a surprise. Was it a last-minute thing? And what prompted it? I think Biden, if you go to his presidency, the region was not on his radar. Personally, I don't think he was planning to visit the region. If there was no war in Ukraine, I'm not sure that he would actually thinking to visit the region. If there was no crisis in energy, I'm not sure he will be thinking to come to the region. However, the visit of Putin was planned previously, and there is a summit between him, Erdogan, and Rahim Raisi, and the issue already known is about Syria, basically. It's the future of Syria. So I think Putin is coming in a visit already scheduled. However, Biden, he had to schedule this visit because of what's happening in Russia, which reflected on the inflation in the economy in his country, especially when it comes to the energy sector. So was that the main goal for Biden's visit then? Was it handling the fallout from the war in Ukraine, whether it's on energy prices or how it's impacting the American economy? I do believe that this is number one and two and the three of a priority. I think Biden 
is worried about the future of Democrats in American politics, and Democrats are worried as well. There is elections coming in the Congress. There is another presidency coming in two years, and they don't want to lose. And this coming after the COVID, which still occupied life of the people in the United States. So when the gallon of oil is $5, it means a lot to the Americans. So there is a pressure on the president. And I think that the pressure brought him to the region. So it was about handling that domestic pressure then, eh? I have no doubt about this. The United States, as you, Sammy, know that, you know, foreign policy is about what's happening inside each countries. Everything about domestic politics, actually, rather than foreign policy. Right. True, true. Is he also seeking more normalization between Arab states and Israel? I think since Trump, the normalization was moving very well when it comes to the Israeli interest. I think it came in two contexts. I mean, first one is the post-Arab Spring as the concern of what will happen in the region and the desire to maintain the status quo, which before 2011. And there is another one, it's basically Iran and what Iran represents to the Israelis. So that two concerns brought Israelis to some Arab players and we witnessed what was happening basically between Emirates, Bahrain and Israel. So what's interesting about Biden's visit, he basically said in his statement when he visited Ramallah, that there should be no connection between two-state solution and the normalization. So basically what he's saying, if any Arab country want to normalize with Israel, should not come through the Palestinian cause. It should come as a bilateral relations and the two-state solution, which he believes that it will not happen soon. This should be another solution. Professor, isn't that really then a continuation of the Trump era policies towards the Israelis and Palestinians? 100%, I agree with you. What was happening with the Democrats? What's happening with Biden? Why they are following Trump, who used to be criticized by them? That is really interesting thing to monitor and to observe. What's happening to the Democrats? Why they follow the slogan, the rhetoric of Trump? They used to criticize him a lot for that. Well, you've asked the question now, so I've got to pose it back to you. Why is that? First of all, I think the Americans, the priority to them is no longer the Palestinian issue. I think they believe that Israeli has a superiority when it comes to security and politics. And they know that with more normalization between Israel and Arab countries, Palestinians will be actually marginalized, will be put in the corner, and then they have to be realistic and deal with the situation. They're basically changing the strategy by imposing Israel on the region through politics and normalization, and then Palestinians have no option but to accept that, and then they may give some concessions to the Israelis, and that is what will make Americans happy and the Israelis. I think that is the strategy now. And listening to Biden's latest statements about how time isn't right for peace talks, it doesn't sound like there's a real urgency to push for a two-state solution right now, right? Talking about two-state solutions, it becomes talk for the sake of talk, but there is no steps. Look, they support Israelis with $3.9 billion. They support Palestinians with less than half billion dollars. Basically, they haven't opened the consulate in East Jerusalem. So there are steps Biden administration is not taking. That's itself a big question mark. Why they are not serious about that? It seems to me that Biden is more driven by domestic politics, by the concern at home, especially post-corona. And I think most of his foreign policy seem hesitant, is not determined to change the status quo rather than find solution for the current problems that the Americans are suffering from and actually opening the door for Democrats to stay 
whether in the White House or Congress or both for another four or eight years. All comes back to domestic politics sometimes, doesn't it? Well, then Biden flew on to Saudi Arabia. He met with Arab leaders. What's your take on that meeting? Did he assuage concerns the U.S. might be leaving a vacuum for Russia, for China or Iran and so on? Actually, the Americans themselves created that vacuum. Let's go back to 2001, when the American focus on war and terror, whether in Afghanistan and Iraq and other places, it was a global war because there was a lot was happening behind the scene between security apparatus in the world. The Americans were drained by that, while China was actually expanding its influence in the world, including the region actually, and create for itself a position economically and politically, and actually in defense and security. So 10 years, The Americans wake up, what's happening? The Chinese are invading our interest zone. So they wake up to the fact and then they decided we need to change the course. So when they start thinking of changing the course, again, most of those players in the region, they already started opening up their relations with China and Russia. And then the concept of politics enter the region, which is called diversification economy, politics, defense, security. And all countries now, they're saying, okay, they think, why I have to rely on Washington if there are other options? Hedge your bets. Yeah, of course. Don't put all your eggs in one basket kind of thing. Absolutely, Sammy. Let's play here a couple of clips of the Saudi foreign minister. And this is what he had to say after that Biden visit. Oil production specifically wasn't discussed at this summit. That wasn't really a subject for the summit. Obviously, OPEC Plus has responded recently to market conditions and they will continue to assess market conditions going forward. There is no discussion about a GCC-Israeli defense alliance or anything of this sort. At least I am not aware of any such discussions. So, Professor, a lot of talk about building a defense alliance between the Arabs or some Arabs and Israel to face Iran. How true is this talk? It's very interesting, Sammy, to see that this rhetoric actually was coming from the Israeli side. And this is not the first time. Every time that we witness a visit from an American president, we witness the same rhetoric. When former president of the United States, Trump, was basically visiting the region, there was the same rhetoric. It came from the concept in the region that Iran is a threat So there is a concern within some Arab countries. And why Israelis and Arab not together actually stand before Israeli, before Iran and try to marginalize Iran? That was the simple definition. However, there was a huge differences. I mean, not all of Arab countries are in favor of military option against Iran, including Saudi Arabia, including Emiratis. Emiratis will send the ambassador for Iran. So they are not in favor of confrontation with Iran. However, Israelis played it very well for domestic reasons, because they wanted to tell the public Israelis that they are still working to marginalize Iran and defeat Iran. And that will help the coalition in Israel. It's about domestic politics. All right, it's been reported, though, that Israel and Arab countries are looking into synchronizing their air defense systems remotely to counter Iranian missiles or drones or UAVs. Is that at least happening quietly in the background with no one really making a big hoo-ha about it? I don't think personally this will happen for political and technological reason. We know Israelis are not sharing their own technology, even with the Americans. And one of the problems now, they are developing a very strong ties with China, including defense. But one of the main problems of that relation is not sharing information. They don't share information with China. So I will be surprised 
how they will share information with any other Arab country when it comes to defense and security. So bottom line, what was the outcome of the Biden visit? To be honest, we should keep eye on three things. One, whether there will be increase of oil barrels in the market, because Saudis said it indirectly that they reached 13 million barrels per day, and that was the maximum. Now, can they do more? I'm not sure they will do it, actually. We have to look at if there is any possible increase on oil production, whether from OPEC or from countries like Saudi Arabia. Number two, whether there will be any kind of changing rhetoric from Washington towards Saudi Arabia. It doesn't seem, if you go back to the statement made by Biden when he got to the White House, when he was asked about his statement about Mohammed bin Salman, he said, no, actually he was trying to say, you know, I did criticize Mohammed bin Salman. So that issue, we have to look at it and keep eye on it. And the third thing is whether there will be a deal with Iran or not. If there is a deal with Iran, this means the summit basically has not achieved one of its goals is to demonize Iran more and create coalition against Iran. Personally, I don't see anything achieved so far. However, we have to keep eye on next few weeks. But the Saudis did open their airspace to Israeli planes, right? So something is happening when it comes to the airspace in the Arab world and Israel. I think at the end of the day, most of the Arab countries, including Israelis, they are worried of the drones. And especially after the reports said that Russia is actually buying drones from Iran. The Kremlin says that Russian President Putin will visit Iran. This is the White House says Iran is getting ready to send Russia hundreds of drones to use on the battlefield. And the Americans say basically that Russia had sent a group of officers to be trained on Iranian drones and they will buy thousands. So there is a serious concern about the emerging power of Iran when it comes to the drones, especially after what happened in 2018 and 19 in the Arabian Gulf and in the Red Sea. So there is serious concern about it. I think that's the reason why there is a lot to talk about airspace and collaboration when it comes to airspace. So let's talk about the other superpower, Russia. Putin came after the Biden visit. What was that all about? The visit to Iran, as I follow, it was planned. At the summit was planned previously. However, this coincident coming after a few days, what Biden was in the region, it has its own messages, basically. Putin has interest to say that the Americans, Russia is still a reliable player to some of the players. Still, you know, it has a good connection with Turkey, good connection with Iran, and good relation with China. Russia managed to sell to India and China more than $25 billion of its own oil. So optically keeps Putin in the picture as a player in the Middle East, right? Absolutely. At the end of the day, it's about image. This kind of battle is about image and it's about who's still in the scene and active in the scene. So America did this in the region and Putin now is doing it. Those are my friends. You know, I'm a player also with two major players in the region, Iran and Turkey, and those are heavyweight players. You cannot ignore them. And the evidence of that, one of your, it's a direct message to Biden and the administration that one of the main reasons that you come to the region is actually Iran. So I am the friend of Iran as Russia. So it has a very clear message to the Americans. Right. Putin did meet with the presidents of Iran and Turkey. Was it really about Syria, though? Or was it about building a front perhaps against the US? Yeah, I mean, it's obvious that at the end of the day, Putin, as a president, he wants to say, and Iranian has interest of that, and Turkey, that America is not the only player. And we have to also consider that the foreign minister of Syria is joining the meeting. He is also in Tehran. 
It's been reported or suggested as well that Iran might provide Russia with low-cost drones for its war in Ukraine. I'm sure you've heard about these reports. Is it about building a pro-Russia alliance in the Ukraine conflict as well? First of all, this itself is a big story because this is the first time that Russia is relying on a country like Iran to provide it with weapons. This is the second time that Russia asked Iran for military support. The first time when they asked Iran to use Hamadan airport for their own Russia aircraft to fly to Syria. And this is the second time where basically they asking for help from Iran, military help. Of course, this means a lot. Europeans are worried. Americans are worried. So far, the only source of news about this and reports is the United States. There is no other sources confirm this information. However, it seems that there is a sort of collaboration because there was also another military delegation. So something going on behind the scene. One thing the media did focus on going back to the Biden visit was the meeting between Biden and MBS. Here's what the Saudi foreign minister had to say about it. Responded to President Biden's remarks on the Khashoggi affair quite clearly that this crime, while very unfortunate and abhorrent, is something that the kingdom took very seriously, acted upon in a way commensurate with its position as a responsible country. These are issues, mistakes that happen in any country, including the US. Crown Prince pointed out that the US has made its own mistakes and has taken the necessary action to hold those responsible accountable and address these mistakes, just as the kingdom has. His Royal Highness made quite clear to President Biden that we have an expectation to see the US behave in a similar responsible attitude. Mahjoub, has the Khashoggi issue been put to rest? Politics change priority. I don't think so. However, it becomes not on the top of priorities to the Americans. This is not the first time that Americans put their own interests top of their priorities. He basically said that he was not personally responsible for it. I indicated I thought he was. I made my view crystal clear. I said very straightforwardly, for an American president to be silent on an issue of human rights, is inconsistent with who we are and who I am. So how much tension did the issue put on the meeting between MBS and Biden then? I'm pretty sure the tension is still there. And Sammy, if you agree with me that when publishing his op-ed in the Washington Post itself is an indicator that he tried to be balanced on what he wanted to say and publish that in the Washington Post. But again, sometimes, unfortunately, in politics, interests are ahead of principles. The outcome of this visit will not come overnight. We have to wait weeks, maybe months, until we see the impact of the visit. And this will give us a very clear picture whether this has impact, positive or negative. All right. Now, final one, Professor. Are you ready to bring out your crystal ball? Because I'm going to ask you to look ahead and tell us, after this Biden and Putin visits to the region... What's going to change for the area? What impact will it have on the MENA area? To be honest, Sammy, since 2020, 2021, the region has entered a phase of uncertainty and what I call it political liquidity. There is no country, no government wants to be in a position to make tough decisions. Everyone wants to monitor, to observe before making any tough decisions. There is sort of uncertainty about the politics of the region. There is a real concern of post-COVID impact on the economy. With the energy prices going up, there will be a serious concern about stability. Looking at the food security, 
we have, I do, I do see the region facing tough days ahead. If there is no serious collaboration between countries and between the countries and other nations like Americans and Europeans, what we're witnessing now is a global crisis with to have impact on food, on energy. Unfortunately, poor people will pay the price. However, the others will pay a heavy price because everything will be very expensive. You know, tough time ahead. People should be ready for that. Hopefully, the politicians will be more wise to work together to minimize the impact on people. Pinning hopes on the wisdom of politicians is an optimistic one, but we like to end on optimism. Professor, thanks so much for this discussion. Thank you, Sammy. It was a pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much. And a thanks to our team behind the scenes. Our producer, Khalid Sultan. Sound designer, George Elwir. Our engagement producer, Ayel Malik. And assistant engagement producer, Munira Dosari. And of course, our executive producer, the big boss, Omar Saleh. I'm your host, Sami Zaydan. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. See you next week, guys.